0: Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert, and on this channel we talk Kanye West. And today we are talking this story, uh, Talib Kweli reflects on his relationship with Kanye West in new memoir, Vibrate Higher. So this is a book Talib wrote. Obviously, his name's on the cover, and it just came out a few days ago, and it's a memoir going back through uh, Quelly's upbringing, childhood in Brooklyn, breaking into the music industry and just overall career, as well as his political activism over the last few years. All of that kind of circling together, fusing, and you get a you get a taste of it in this chapter, Uh, Read chapter 22, Wake Up, Mr. West. Ooh, I missed that the first time, which tracks the ups and downs of Quelly's 20-year friendship with Kanye. Why it's uh, making me react that way is most of this chapter is Talib just going back through his initial meetings with Kanye and his history with Kanye and seeing Kanye's rise uh, into the industry, right? In that 2000 into 2004 period. But it ends with the recent events uh, with Kanye and Trump and Quelly's view on those. And so the idea of Wake Up Mr. West uh, feels very pointed and poignant when you know where this article is going to and where it ends up, uh, where this chapter, right? So leave it to a lyricist to uh, have the the poignancy in picking the proper title for that. But what's... Uh, I guess jumping out to me about this and the reason that I think it's worth uh, talking about aside from (laughs) the lack of Kanye news, but the fact that we read so many articles and think pieces from just journalists that, I mean, myself included, right, that don't know Kanye, have never been in a room with Kanye or even if they happen to have gotten to talk with Kanye a time or two, they don't really know him on a personal level, haven't sat in the studio with him, haven't talked like hopes and dreams and just day-to-day bullshit with him. But Quelly has. And a lot of the people that have that kind of relationship with Kanye that have seen him in that way aren't writing articles, much less book chapters, about the experience. You might hear him do an interview here and there and talk about their experience, but this is something really different. So to have this perspective on Kanye from somebody that has known him kind of since the beginning of Ye's career, and can write about it so thoughtfully, so eloquently, uh, from both perspectives of an insider and an outsider, as an artist and as somebody that has disagreed with him recently, but still keeps in perspective what he knows about Kanye and uh, the core of who Kanye is. It's just a look that we don't usually get, and the fact that it's so detailed and so well-written makes it very worthwhile. I'm not going to read through the entire thing uh, because it's just a lot of text, and I'm just sitting there doing like an audiobook of Talib's uh, chapter. But it's definitely worth checking out on GQ, going through the article, or even, uh, I imagine, getting the book. Uh, Black Star, which, as he says, was his introduction to the world, is still one of my favorite albums of all time. Not just favorite hip hop albums, but favorite albums of all time. Uh, Talib and Mostef just crushed that album and it stands the test of time but going back through and looking at some of the highlights you can see that uh, he talks about the most interesting development of the quality recording session was my burgeoning relationship with a young producer named Kanye West. So he talks about just kind of the introductions with Kanye and how Kanye comes into the studio for the first time. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for Yassine Bey, who's Most F, uh, was Most F, now Yassine," And was like, oh, he's not here yet. Go ahead and just like hang out. Let's talk. And he's like, oh, producer, play some music. And a couple of the songs ended up making it onto the album, which, good to you and uh, Gorilla Monsoon Rap, which both of those are going to be linked down below if you want to check them out. And then he starts getting into more of Kanye's career, and then Get By, right? And the origin of Get By and the creation of Get By, which is really cool. Like, Get By continues to be uh, the biggest song for Quelly. The video's great, the production's great. Uh, The lyrics are great. It's such a cool song. So that's also there. And there's also a remix, which is one of the most like kind of fascinating parts of the chapter to me, which doesn't even involve Kanye, but it's just the fact that in the wake of this song being so popular, uh, Quelly tells a story about how Jay-Z sent him a verse and (laughs) says, uh, oh, where is it? He's like, I usually charge entire recording budgets. Yeah, here. Uh, All right. right here. Um, Yeah, we got a video played all over BET and MTV, which led to radio play on every hip-hop station in the nation. I asked Jay-Z to get on the remix, and he agreed via two-way pager. (laughs) After not hearing back from him for two months, I received a cryptic text from Jay that said, what's your email address? Moments later, I had the recording session of a Jay-Z verse to get by in my inbox. When I ran into him again later that year, I insisted on paying for that verse. Jay refused to take my money. And this is such a jay-Z thing to say. He informed me that he charges entire recording budgets for a verse and that he was giving me that verse out of love for the culture, which like good good guy Jay, right? Just kind of like saying, I'm worth so much money, but for you for what this song represents, like being part of this experience free. And yeah, he had Jay-Z, Busta Rhymes, Mos, and Kanye on this remix, which is fantastic. And uh, then Lior Cohn just dropped it because he didn't want his artist being on another label's uh, song that's making money when they're not getting anything from it. So Lior Cohn, being the businessman that he is, uh, according to Talib, squashed something that was for the culture and was about arts and this like these artists coming together. So that's really disappointing disappointing right I mean and we can still hear the song today but you also like think about just how it kind of sucks for like Quelly at the time he's on this rising tide of not just the original get by but then the remix of get by getting all this play and then to have it kind of the rug pulled out from under him not that that's like game-changing in terms of his destiny but it is just frustrating like I get frustrated if YouTube demonetizes one of my videos for whatever reason It's just like don't don't do that to me (laughs) and here he just has the head of Def Jam being a jerk Ah, that's a shame (laughs) Uh, but he still goes on about like interacting with Kanye in this time and seeing Kanye's rise into stardom and the fact that uh yeah hearing Hey Mama and uh Gold Digger before they were even on the album like College Dropout wasn't finished yet and we've seen like the early track list right Uh, Hey Mama was on the original college dropout track list according to uh, what Consequence posted recently with Gold Digger as 18 years as a bonus track. But it seems here according to Talib that Kanye even knew then that it was going to be on late registration. So maybe... This was between seeing the original track list and knowing he was going to have the next album and switching it up. But you can see uh, he's the living, breathing definition of speaking truth to power. When he first played Hey Mama, now my favorite Kanye song, I implored him to drop it immediately. His response? Nah, that's going on my next album, Late Registration. Here he was without a deal for his first album, and he was saving heat for the second one. (laughs) And it was already named. When I first heard him saying Jesus Walks, Here Goes My Single Dog, Radio Need This, a full six months before he had a deal, I thought he was being audacious at best. (laughs) I also did not think that a hip-hop single about Jesus would get any play. I was wrong on both accounts. Uh, What was the other thing about that? Oh, he was already telling people. Yeah, yeah. Here, uh, so... (laughs) Kanye's first tour, right, was with Quelly. So Quelly was opening for Common and Kanye was kind of opening for Talib, getting on stage with Talib, forcing himself on stage. And there, like, Quelly's talked about it in a lot of interviews and stuff, but... um, yeah, here. He was already saying he was going to be the biggest hip-hop artist in the world. He told everyone that his first three albums would be the college dropout, late registration, and graduation. So this dude, before even getting signed to one deal, already had the dropout trilogy in mind. At least the titles. I don't know if he's like sitting there thinking about I Wonder back in 2002, <laughs> 2003, right? But he at least knew this was going to be the arc. So, man... Um Yeah, people would just nod and smile or outright question his sanity. Um, And here, people sometimes say to me that I put Kanye on. I didn't put Kanye on. He put himself on. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, all of this is really illuminating. Just hearing the details from Quelly's perspective, uh, hearing how he talks about Kanye, right? Somebody that is a peer of Ye's. Um, Just the word choice, the language, the nostalgia he has. Uh, it's all very evocative and you know for a longer chapter or longish chapter i guess it really like ropes you in and keeps you reading and reading um and then you start to have a, a little bit of a a switch come over so you get like all of this stuff talking about kanye's rise and where he was going um and then uh like get and get him high and how he got to live to be on Getem High. He actually made the beat initially for to live and so it was like, "Nah, I don't I don't I don't want this." So then Kanye used it for college dropouts. And then even though Quelly didn't want to be on a song about weed, Kanye ended up getting him on this song and uh Quelly just kind of reminisces and laughs about that. Um and then starts getting into contradictions. And this is where the the kind of the, the twist and more the nuance of the section starts to make itself clear, because up to this point, it's just memoir, right? It's these are my experiences. This is what I thought of it. And this is my perspective on it from that time. And you're intrigued by just that, like that on a superficial level is interesting. But here is where more of the subtext, the themes, the meaning more of a the commentary starts to come in as he says, everybody has contradictions. Why should artists be a difference? Because the artist platform can be so much bigger than the average person's. Artists are often held to a higher standard in the eyes of their peers. The responsibility of this expectation falls on the artist, not the consumer of art. But too often, the consumer fails to realize that the artist can be a victim of the same pathologies as those that he, she is making the art for. Which I think is something that Kanye has been aware of for a long time right like on addiction in late registration he's talking about the fact that you can fall prey to these vices right because on drive slow he has his friend being like hey drive slow like don't get ahead of yourself in your life the way that i have done where i got some money i spent it on these things i got a girl pregnant and now Like, reality is kind of catching up with me. Meanwhile, all Kanye can see is that, oh, my friend has slept with a lot of girls, so many that he got one pregnant. Like, introduce me to a girl. And uh, (laughs) it's just like, no, drive slow, homie. Like, drive slow. And at the end of that second section in late registration, we get addiction, where Kanye starts falling prey to these drugs, women, uh, money, just vices, right? And getting into that story of what it means to fall prey and have these addictions. And you can see that contradiction, right? He's the artist that may drive slow. He's aware of how these vices can get you and the complications that arrive from them, but also shows himself falling prey to it. And you could step back and be like, well, that's just, you know, within the realm of the album, within the realm of arts, you know, Kanye doesn't do that in his day-to-day life, right? But We know better than that. Kanye falls prey to his indulgences a lot of the time, Uh, whether it's just like what he wants to say, what he wants to tweet, like lifestyle kind of stuff. He's talked about struggling with alcohol in the past. He had his uh, descent into prescription drug abuse, as he's talked about. Uh, He had liposuction because he felt pressured by the public and the media. So Kanye, even though he makes... Tracks that are really thoughtful about these vices that people can fall prey to and about fame and how fame can warp you, still he himself can have the same thing happen to him. Just because he's aware that fame can do this to you doesn't mean he's immune to fame doing this to him. And I think that's one of the contradiction like things that Taleb brings up like a lot of the time we see people in art talking about the ideal behavior or the ideal belief and setting up or discussing ideals is much easier than living constantly 100% of the time by those ideals I mean time and time again in art you see that the main thing about being human is the flaws that we do and just the attempts to get better and the attempts to not make the same mistakes and to continue to try and struggle against our imperfections. So getting into the uh, contradictions here, I think is very pointed and very relevant, not just to what he's going to start to say about Kanye, but it's just one of the actual things about art and artists that maybe a lot of fans or people that just consume art may not always piece together because a lot of the time we like to think that the artist is this idealized form of a person that has it all figured out when as Talib's saying like "Eh, they're just the average person but with a larger platform (laughs) and they're just as prone as anyone else to the same kinds of contradictions um yeah so anyway Getting back to this, I challenge this expectation because I think that contradictions in artists should be celebrated. I don't want my art holier than thou. I want it eye level. I can remember uh, uh, (laughs) KRS-One being called contradictory by hip-hop journalists all the time because he often switched his philosophical outlook and did so publicly. These contradictions make KRS-One a more genuine artist to me, and it's KRS-One's name that will remain through history, not his critics'. So then my theory about contradictions and my support of Kanye were put to the test when I saw him support Donald Trump. And it starts to now tie together into recent events between Kanye, uh, Quelly, Kanye's beliefs, Quelly and Candace Owens, Kanye and Candace Owens, and ending more with, while I cannot support Kanye while he supports Trump and various other white supremacists, I never stopped respecting Kanye as a man, and I don't think I ever will. That being said, as long as he supports Trump, I will not be able to support his music. That saddens me because the music that Kanye has made has helped to make our lives brighter, and he has previously used his music to shine a a light on the tragedies that poor and oppressed communities go through. He is the anti-hero who became a hero despite himself. So the question is, who are you? Are you the hero or the guy in the crowd making fun of the hero's shirt? Which is a callback to the very beginning. Uh, He talks about... Seth Rogen, not Seth Rogen, uh, Seth McFarlane, <laughs> all the way up here. I'm not the hero. I'm the guy in the crowd making fun of the hero shirt, which is very Seth McFarlane, right? He's not the hero. He's the one like mocking <laughs> what everyone else is doing. That's essentially Family Guy. Not so much American Dad, but Family Guy had a lot of that pop culture, South Park, uh, Simpsons kind of uh, satire of you know celebrities, heroes. Right. But Quelly making his point not just about uh, Kanye and kind of asking Kanye or like having a dialogue with Kanye through this chapter, but also with fans and at the end there, bringing in the fan like, who are you? What's your stance on this matter? You're not just a bystander, right? You're either like, you have i'm trying to think of the proper way to put it you're not just a bystander that can step aside and be like oh yeah i have no i have no like horse in this race like we all kind of have our stances whether you're actively participating or not like your non-participation is your stance right so quelly uh setting up a little bit more of a challenge there like you know, are you going to be proactive? Because you're active either way, but are you being proactive and asking us to kind of reflect on that? So I I like what it's doing, right? Because it is memoir, it is nostalgia, it is this look at Kanye from an inside perspective, but it's also Quelly being a little more provoking and making the text more interactive in terms of challenging the reader to really think about where they fall when it comes to, Uh, their beliefs and their relationship with artists that they really uh, admire respect love and their contradictions their flaws their humanity and how much do you pay attention to that humanity or how much do you ignore it and it seems Quelly's taking the stance that you you shouldn't like you should celebrate those contradictions you should be aware of them but you also shouldn't be afraid to engage with them for better or for worse so all pretty fascinating uh, I stretched this out way longer than what I thought, but I uh, i don't know. I like it. It's worth reading, and the link to the book will be in the description, but it's easy to find, as well, the link to these songs if you're curious and haven't heard some of the Kanye-produced quality tracks, uh, with Get By obviously being uh, the most well-known, so... That's it for this video. If you're enjoying the channel and you want to support us, the easiest way is to like, subscribe, or comment as any of those things tell YouTube. People engage with this channel and then they show it to others, which goes a long way. And thank you everyone for helping us reach 10,000 subscribers. Uh, Back when we started this chapter or channel in 2018, it was kind of a, a far off dream. So very, very meaningful, very helpful. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, Our podcast, Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West, is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. We're currently in the midst of our late registration 2.0 seasons, but College Dropout, Late Registration, uh, Yay, Kids See Ghost, and Jesus is King seasons are all currently available with us currently recording graduation 2.0. Those episodes are dropping right now on Patreon. So if you don't want to wait the months that it'll take for them to come out, you can go to patreon.com slash Kanye podcast and start listening to them today. Otherwise, until next time, stay wavy. And I beg you, please keep it loopy.